Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So today, we're going to share a little bit today about something I titled this message, and it has nothing to do with Father's Day. Well, maybe a little bit, but you know, usually when these dates hit, you have to you, you try to find a message that centers around what the date is, Father's Day and this day. and It gets very complicated, to be honest with you, because there's a day for everything now. If I did every day, every Sunday, there would be something. So I am going to talk about the Holy Spirit, which was the promise of the Father. So there you go. That's about it. That really is about it. That, that just tied in the whole message right there for you. Um, I'm going to start with something kind of silly. So I grew up latchkey kid in the 80s. Uh, MTV cranked out in my kind of as a kid, you know, we were the we got to see music videos for the first time when Michael Jackson came out with Thriller That did it everybody else decided we've got to make music videos, you know, because that was amazing And so what is on now? I don't really know because I don't keep up with it anymore I don't even think they make music video. I don't I think that's gone now But maybe it's a whole different genre or whatever But but when I was growing up MTV was just music video. That's all you saw was songs with video content Latchkey kid, everybody's working, you go home, check out what's on the TV, you know, who's singing. And I remember this video that came on, and it, the title, maybe some of you guys remember this song, but it's called The Land of Confusion by Genesis. I don't know, if you've seen it at home, just let me know online, let me know if, if anybody's seen it. Anybody in here has seen this video? A few of you guys have. Okay, so not as many as I thought. It really attracted me because it was kind of cartoonish and caricature, creative, claymation weird stuff. It was like totally like a kid's cartoon slash music video, Phil Collins and his weird creative self. And um, on top of that, it was like Ronald Reagan in a Superman costume. And I thought that was just weird. Like I, the whole thing was just strange. But I want to read to you, uh, this is a couple of lyrics from this song. And I actually titled this message today, The Land of Confusion. It says, there's too many men, too many people making too many problems. Now I could sing it for you, but I it's hard to get the lyrics right, you know, because I'll just read it to you. But it's got a groovy little beat, you know. But there's too many men, too many people making too many problems. And there's not much love to go around. Can't you see that this is the land of confusion? And this is the world that we live in. And these are the hands we're given. Use them and let's start trying to make it a place worth living in. Now that is from the 80s. You know? That's not from the Bible. Might have come from there, but it's not necessarily a verse in the Bible. That's from, from guys writing a song that we're living in an age when, you know, we were told things like Soviet missiles and I remember all kinds of crazy things in the 80s talking about, you know, anything and everything imaginable was being discussed. And it was a very, as a kid, you know, you're thinking, man, wow, you know, I wanted to play some ball. I wanted to. You know, I don't know, all kind of things you're thinking about, it's not going to happen. And for every one of you that are in here, depending on your generation, you've probably heard something like that in your generation. If you go back further, there were other crises that happened 20 years prior to that in the 60s. Go back before that in the 40s. Go back before that. You can go back wars and rumors of wars and all these things that Jesus talked about. And today, I want to share with you a little bit about this time which we live in, which I just titled The Land of Confusion, credit to Genesis, the band, not the book, Okay. In case there's a copyright confusion, thanks guys for the title. 
I want to share something with you about this. As a believer, I was seeking God as a young believer. I was 20 years of age, and I came to early 19. I came to Christ right before my 20th birthday. I came to Christ as a young kid, but, you know, I didn't know how to live for Jesus. And so for 10 years after the age of 10, I honestly, I did not serve Christ in the way that was befitting a Christian. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about trying to be great. I'm not trying to be, be a good little Kid, I'm talking about just trying to live for Jesus. I did not know how to be a disciple. I did not know how to read my Bible. I didn't know anything. So by the time of the age of 19, when I came to Christ, I realized I wanted to do it different this time. I needed help. And so as a believer, I would seek out God. I mean, I had a Bible. And it, you know, I mean, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm a, I'm a Bible college graduate. I read my Bible. I'm a, I study my Bible. I'm not dismissing the Bible, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know where to start. People tell me to find God. And I'm going like, but which one is he? Is he the God of destruction? Is he Jesus? Is he the Holy Spirit? Which one is he? Never understood that he was all three, but nonetheless, when you're on your own trying to figure out God, it makes it kind of difficult. And so I go to other people and people would help me. I remember going to Bible study. My mom and all now at this time, uh, I wasn't dating Haley. We were just a bunch of guys. She'd Decided to help, and her and Ronnie opened up their house and mentored us with a book called Experiencing God. That helped tremendously, but that wasn't the only place I went. I had other friends who gave me books. That helped, but that wasn't all that I got. I remember trying to call out to God and ask God for more. I was seeking God about the Holy Spirit and trying to ask God about, Lord, I, I, I just don't understand all this, but I, I know there's got to be something more than just what I have because I don't, I read this and I read that, and I just don't understand things. And in seeking the Holy Spirit, I went to a different church, different denominations, different things, trying to figure out who was God and how could I understand more about God and where could I get this, 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 this spirit that everybody talked about from God. Seeing this, how it was promised by the Father in the Bible, I felt like it was something that I ought to have, you know. It was kind of a promise from God. You know, you know how your parents promise you something? Hey, now listen, if you, if you, if you just behave on the car ride home, okay, when you get home, we'll do ice cream. Or when you do, if you'll just do this, we'll do that. It's like a promise. You expect to get the promise. Well, I felt like, you know, I wanted the promise. And even though everybody that gave me information and every church that I went to as I was seeking God in this process, every person gave me a piece of the puzzle that was a little bit different. I'll tell you this. Not one thing that they gave me distracted, pulled me away, or divided me, and I will tell you why. Because my heart was committed to understanding who God was, not in aligning with their theology, their doctrine, or their guy on TV. And in that time, listen, everybody, you know, before you had all this stuff that we have now, you know, everybody, it was TBN, about the only thing you could find a Christian anything on was TBN. And every Christian, you know, that was big was on the, the, on the television, you know. And there was, everybody had a, a guy, everybody had a gal, everybody had a person they wanted you to follow and listen to. None of those things divided me because I was sold out on trying to find God. It was like pieces of the puzzle that just kind of connected and it made sense. Contrast that today with everything that is going on today. And I felt it fitting to read this verse of Scripture from Genesis 11. Now, we're moving from the band to the Bible, okay? Genesis 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. 
So in other words, there's 100% understanding now. There is no difficulty. I don't need Pastor Victor to help me understand Espanol because there is no Espanol. Well, maybe it was Espanol. Maybe I would have spoken Espanol then. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a form of Hebrew, Arabic. I don't know what all was going on at this point in time. Nonetheless, it was one language, and everyone understood it. You didn't need translation. didn't need Google to enter the thing and to translate it to this and that. Everybody understood one another. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. And then they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And then let us make for ourselves a name. Now, if this doesn't sound familiar to you, just go and read Isaiah about what the devil said. I will, I will, I will, I will. Because a lot of people read this and they think, well, what was the big deal? Why did God come after these guys so hard? Well, keep reading and listen to what it says. We'll make us a name. Otherwise, we'll be scattered abroad over the face of the whole world. And so then the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men have built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have a 100% agreement. And they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Watch what God said, though. Come, let us. Who is the, it's like, wait a minute. Now, in my Bible, I don't know about yours, but in my Bible, the us is capitalized. The U is a capital letter. And it's a very interesting thing when you think about this, because think about the context of this. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. Before I finish reading the rest of it, think about, come, let us do it. Where else have you heard that? When Adam and Eve, interesting enough, when Adam and Eve took from the fruit they shouldn't have taken from, as if that was the only thing there. The, the garden was filled with so many wonderful things they had options of, but they took the one thing God said, no, this and stay away from this is mine, off the fence around it, leave it alone. But once they did that, do you remember what the Bible said? The Lord said, behold, now they have become like us. God is amazing. The Lord never isolates himself. Now, there are verses and scriptures and things like that, but if you think that God, the Father, God, the Son, the God, the Holy Spirit, are somehow separate, and one is doing this thing, and he's got his own gig, and like, Jesus loves everybody. That's why everybody loves Jesus, because he's so sweet. Jesus loves everybody, and then we love Jesus. But God, you don't know what day it is. He, like, he may bless you one day, zap you the next. We don't know. Leave God alone. He's kind of the Father. He depends on what's going on with him. The Holy Spirit... He's kind of like the crazy uncle. We don't really know. Like he's, one day we get him, one day we don't get him. I don't know. But Jesus we love. But I'm telling you, they are three in one. And you can't separate Jesus from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, it creates different doctrines. But ultimately, it's an us. It's not a me or an I alone. The enemy is always the one that's alone. But the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are together. And so the Lord said, he scattered them from abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. And I just believe this, and I just want to say this and and kind of move forward. I, I feel like we are nothing more than, in again, building the Tower of Babel again. It just feels like Babylon again. And obviously, this is where it comes from, this area, this Tower of Babel, Babel, Babylonian. It's like there's so many voices. There's so many things to be heard. And here's the amazing thing. 
but everybody's building towers. Because you have so much agreement in some things, we're going to erect a tower for this. And this is our ground, and we will build this here. This is what we are going to do. And this group says, no, I've got agreement with this, and so I'm going to build this over here, and this is what I'm going to do. And there's all of this agreement taking place in the midst of different languages and different cultures and different belief systems and different faiths. But there's so much agreement that towers are being built everywhere because of the power of agreement. But I think that quite possibly because of the agreement of the towers that are being built, which are somewhat confusing because if you don't align with this one, then you don't align with me and therefore I can't like you. When in reality is, what if God's not as interested in us building towers as much as he is in something different? And as I was reading this, I was thinking about how we all know this, if you haven't read this before, about Babylon, the Tower of Babel versus Acts chapter 2. We'll read that in just a moment. But it's amazing how that we can align ourselves so quickly with a person's agreement and their tower that they're building that we forget about the power of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do something that was intended by God. It's like overlooked because if I can agree with you, then it fits this today. But the Holy Spirit came to do something different. When I sought the Holy Spirit, I didn't dismiss anything that my friends told me. It was like puzzle pieces coming together. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, let me just tell you something. It didn't cause me to dismiss other people who were not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing to me how that And we are, in case you don't know this, we are a spirit-filled church. I believe in the empowerment of the spirit. Now, there are different belief systems about this. And if for that, for you, you hear that and you think, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to come to your church and people are going to flop on the floor. That's not the kind of church we are. Now, if you like that, there's some out there. I could recommend a few for you. We're not going to do that. The empowerment of the spirit is supposed to help to transform people's lives, not help us have a good time. Nothing wrong with having a good time. But if the only reason for the Holy Spirit coming was for us to feel better, then there must be something wrong. Because I don't know about you, but when Jesus came, that alone made me feel better. I don't need anything else. Man, salvation from Christ changed my life. I don't need another fix from God. I got a good enough one from the Lord Jesus. You know what I'm saying? The power of the Spirit came to empower me to do something with the community that I live in, with people that God is interested in. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's amazing how I can be for this, And not be for that. I can be for you and not for this. It's all about sides. And I was reading something the other day and I thought about this. Listen to this in Joshua chapter 5. In Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, this is the, the power of the gospel, if you will, at its finest, in my opinion. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, the Bible says this about Joshua. As they were around Jericho, you know the story about Jericho, and Joshua led the battle of Jericho, and he's around town, he's hanging around Jericho, and this is going down, and now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes, and he looked. You know, it's a very cool verse. He looked, he's checking this guy, he's, that guy's not wearing the same uniform as us. But he's also not wearing the same uniform as our enemies. But he's got a big sword. And here he comes a little closer and a little closer. And and behold, a man was standing opposite of him. So in other words, he's not on his side. 
Now watch this very carefully. He's not on the side of Joshua, if you will. He's opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua goes to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for them? Listen to his answer. He said, no. (laughs) I love this. Are you for us or are you for them? Which one are you with? Because I need to know if I can talk to you right now. Because if you're for them, you're not for me. And we ain't going to talk. No. What kind of answer is that, man? I mean, you don't want to push the guy too far. He's got a big sword in his hand there, you know. But nonetheless, he says no. And watch what he says. Rather, I indeed now come as the captain of the host of the Lord. And watch what Josh says. My gosh, is this not him? He fell on his face. And he bowed down and he said to him, what has my Lord to say to his servant? I'm telling you, man, right now, if we would listen and yield to the Holy Spirit right now and listen to what God is saying right now, what is the word of the Lord instead of the word of man right now? It would change some things. But instead, we're too busy building towers. And if I can agree with you, then we can talk. But if I don't agree with you, I can't. And I think God is saying, when we ask, which side are you on, God? He said, no. I'm not on any of your sides. How about some of you get on my side? I think that's what God is saying. And this is the contrasting thing about this. The contrast from the Tower of Babel to Pentecost is so unique. In Acts chapter 2, we'll read this. You might want to go and turn over there as we read this. And I want, I want you to hear something. All things that we create typically start out good with the heart. Do they not? Now, unless it's like, I mean, obviously, there are some crazy things that have happened in history. You have Stalin and Hitler and all these things. Obviously, those guys, but most of the time, people start out with something good. I don't think Steve Jobs, when he decided we were going to come out with an iPhone, I don't think that he ever intended for people to use it for evil. I really think his heart was, I wanted to create something that would change the world in a good way. I don't think he intended for it to do some of the things that it can be used for today. But... If it's not yielded to God, eventually it does turn either to evil or it does turn to divide. Listen to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Unity, unification, they were all in agreement. And suddenly there came from heaven. This came out of the, 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 when they say it came from heaven, what they mean that, they're listening, they're looking upwards, Okay. There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them as tongues of fire distributing themselves, or actually one translation reads it better. I like this better, but it, I, I don't have the, it's too difficult to read this because it's too, um, it's too old. As far as the, the, the King James is too complicated in my opinion to read the whole thing, but it reads cloven tongues, okay? So what that meant to them was, well, this is kosher, this is acceptable. It means, okay, this is not something I'm going to turn from because it is cloven, the tongues are they're divided, but the division here was not something to be turned from. It was actually something to come for. And so it says that they rested on each of them. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It means that God took what was unique and different, watch this, and he brought unity. What once was confusion, he divided Babel because of their agreement to do something that lifted them up. We will build a tower, we will build this, and we will have a name, and we will become great in the earth. And God said, okay, you sound familiar. I've had a conversation with a guy like you before. And what's in your heart sounds just like his. And I dropped him from heaven like a bolt of lightning. 
And I want you guys to get all confused. So I'm going to dis- disband this little problem right now. But now God comes back with, watch this, different languages on the earth, different cultures on the earth, different ethnicities on the earth, black, white, brown, tan, yellow, red, all forms and varieties of people. And God, through one moment, brings back together a people by the power of his spirit. He brought unity. He brought nations together. And it says this, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here's the interesting thing about this that I find. Because of today and where we're at, we are so divided. Christians are divided. I mean, listen, do you understand we can't even agree on biblical doctrine? Thus, the multi-denominations. You know, we, we are a spirit-empowered church. And FYI, if you're watching this online, we are. But we are an interdenominational church, which means in our church, there are Pentecostals, Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalian, you name it, and the Lutherans. You name it, everything is in our church. We're a big old balled-up mix of Heinz 57, man. It's crazy in here. And that makes it difficult. It really does. Because I can't force on you a clear set of doctrinal beliefs that I have that says we're all going to be cookie cutters. I don't want us to all be cookie cutters. Where's the fun in that? I mean, what if everybody was just like me? We'd go, we'd kill each other. We would. What if everybody was all just quiet and no one ever said anything? We'd all come to church. We'd be cute and get along real well. We'd never worship. We'd never preach. We'd just sit here. Where's the fun in that? The beauty of diversity is actually in diversity, but we can have unity in that. And I'm not in forcing. When people came in and we would talk to people, they moved from other states or moved in and talked to us about their background. Well, I have a Methodist background. That's cool. Tell me about your background. That's awesome. Will I fit here? Absolutely. Because we have some core things that we believe. We're not going to fight. We're not going to get into big old fights of stuff. Some people pray in tongues. That's great. Some people don't. Fantastic. Well, do you, don't you think everybody should? Well, of course, Paul said that. But what am I going to do? Oh, hold people down now. You've got to speak in tongues. Bless Jesus, because if you're going to be filled, you've got to. Well, that sounds really, you know, spiritually lifting up, does it not? That sounds like the fruit of the Spirit there forced people to do stuff, right? Come on, right? God moved and brought back unity. Gifting ministries, ethnicities. He brought us all back by the power of his spirit and said, now watch this. What you couldn't do alone, if you'll yield your heart to my spirit, I'll do this through you together. Everything that you tried to do all by your stinking self, you know, you thought your little plan over there was so great you built your little tower, but I'm saying to you right now, if you'll yield that little tower to me, We'll build great and mighty things together that you can't even imagine. But it's going to take togetherness. It's going to take working together and us operating together and understanding that some of us are different. Hence, ministry gifts. Pastors aren't like apostles. They just are not. Prophets are not like pastors. 
Not even close. Evangelists, teachers. I mean, teachers get so frustrated with prophets because they're great. They bring knowledge. They bring revelation. They teach wonderful truths. Prophets look at it and go like, why don't you confront people? Come on, let's get with the program here, right? Teachers look and say, why can't you be nicer? Why don't you just teach some stuff, man? Why don't you come on? Pastors look at it and be like, geez, Louise, man. Can we just all get along, you know? Can we just go? I'm trying to bring this whole thing together here. People look at pastors like, why don't you preach more of this? I know I'm going, man, I got everything in the room, man. It's not that easy. All of us have different giftings. All of us have different anointings. And God said, under one thing, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring it all back together. If you'll lay down pride and pick up my spirit. Whose side are you on, God? No. Wrong question. Whose side am I on? James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I love this. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. <laughs> Thanks, James. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Notice the difference. One division is against God. One divided is for God. The Holy Spirit divided tongues as a fire, bring people together. This division pulled people apart. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Man, James, wow, thanks. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Wow. But this is what he gets to, verse 10. What he's trying to say is, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Humility. Holy moly. Humility. Wow. Whew. Great message till we got to this point, wasn't it? I was reading this, thinking about this the other day. Humility. You know, that'll make you almost throw up in your mouth. You know, sometimes, really? I'm serious. I mean, have you ever thought about it? It means you have to yield everything within you that you know you believe and agree in. Because you're yourself. You agree with you 100%. Otherwise, you're just weird. I mean, think about it. There's not one thing you disagree with inside of you. You agree 100%. You think you have it all together. But you don't. I don't. It forces us when we come together to do what? Humble ourselves. Watch this. Whose side are you on? No. Under the mighty hand of God. They looked up to heaven for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I never, I never even questioned, and I'm sure some of the folks that helped me along my way were wrong in their beliefs. I'm sure they were, but you know what? It did not throw me off track because it was just a piece of the puzzle that God was using to connect to something greater for my life. I wasn't concerned with whether or not they liked this guy or that guy or this book or that book or give me that. I was shooting for God. And so God protect. I think when we look to God, he has some way of helping us keep from getting off track. Because I believe more in what God is doing through me than the one person who's trying to instruct me. But that is the key, is the humility in yielding to God. Humility. Ah, humility. And today I want to share this last little part with you. If you're watching online with me today and you're a part of Cornerstone Church, if you haven't heard anything else I've said to you up to this point, please listen to this right here. We have got to believe more in his kingdom than we do in our kingdom. We have got to get back to the kingdom of God more than the kingdom of man. And the kingdom of God, the last time I checked, man, 
we used to sing a song. It was like, swing wide the gates. What that means is God basically threw the gates off the hinges. We're the ones trying to, you know, let's see. Does this person get in or this one not get? We have all these qualifications. But, I mean, God is like, I threw the gates off the bars a long time ago, man. If they just come unto me, call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. We make it so difficult, but God, I believe he has swung the gates wide off. He's just looking at us saying, man, if you guys would come under me, I could do something great right now in this season. I was talking to a friend this week. We had this very conversation. And obviously everybody is so concerned about so many different things. I mean, do you understand what all we have seen in the last, the quarter of this year? The first quarter of the year. And now we're into second quarter. And it's like, what, what really is going on around us? We have all have so many questions. We all have so many concerns, so many anxieties. And my friend said, I just believe God is wanting to do a revival. I said, me too. Me too. But in every revival, it was people seeking God. And that caused him to outpour his spirit more than seeking a side. And I said, you know, I pray to God that's what it is. Because if it's not revival, I might need to start breaking out some of my end time teachings a little more. Because we may be further along than what I actually thought. I don't think we are. I mean, I know people would love for Jesus to come back right now. But there have been worse things than what we see right now. I believe there's too many people that are lost on the earth that Christ is still waiting for us to do a work. Because I said, but if a revival doesn't come, if we don't change, if we don't humble ourselves, and if we don't turn to Christ, then it is going to get worse. That's the only remedy in this, is the hearts turn to God. And the only way that we have a heart that turns to God is to understand this church. We have all this power, but no courage. To talk. And I know it sounds like a dead horse. And I'm going to beat it. Until that dead horse. Again. We have all of this power. That we talk about. As spirit filled believers. Oh the power of the Holy Spirit. But we're so stinking afraid to talk to anybody. I don't know what they might think. What happened to all that power? You just. Whoo. We, we can shake with it, but we can't talk to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we posted on that. We have the power of the Holy Power, the power, the power. But when you ask somebody to talk to somebody, it's like, oh, I just don't want to. Well, what happened to the power? Because the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound. What are we going to do with that thing? Power, love, and sound mind. Let's use it right now. My kids are thinking I'm crazy because in the drive-thrus, I'm looking at people. Do you know how many people are freaking out right now? Everybody is scared. People are afraid to say the wrong thing. People don't know what you're thinking. I don't know if they're assuming all kinds of things. What is this guy thinking? What's that guy thinking? Does he think I'm mad at him? No, no. no. just start talking to people. Use the power. When I go to the drive-thru, I say, how are you doing today? They look at me like, why are you talking to me? It doesn't matter what culture people are from right now. People are afraid to say anything. I say it anyway. How are you doing? What you want? You need? What do you need? I just want to know if you're doing all right. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Good. Hey, thank you so much. 
Instead of getting mad at them, adding one more thing to their list this week, love on them. Just find somebody, some random person you want to know. Just try it out. It's amazing how that power will start working when we start loving on some people and have some courage to talk to people. Filled with the Spirit, but can't deal with diversity. Got the power of God. Woo! Can talk in tongues. Can't talk to people. (laughs) What is that about? Power from on high. Can't make a phone call. What good is the power if it doesn't bring us together? Man, I'm about to do something tomorrow. I'll be honest with you, it's scaring the daylights out of me. And I'll tell you when it's over. It's a unique thing that I've never had the opportunity to do, but it's in my heart in such a major way, and God opened the door for it. I'll tell you about it after tomorrow. But honestly, I know God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. It's not the, I'm not afraid in the sense of that. I, it, it Emotionally, though, because I know how tense everything is right now, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I want to try to unify. And on the inside, I am scared. But watch this. Listen, and I'm closing out. I'm going to do it anyway. I am, my palms are sweating like I've climbed up the side of a mountain without ropes. Like I just watched that dude on free solo again for the second time. My hands are sweating. I'm so freaking out on the inside, but I know it's a God opportunity. I'm not going to say no to it, but I am scared. But I'm going to do it anyway because I know that I'm praying that, God, would you just give me a word, Lord? Not me, not Jody. Put my little side away. Put me away. God, please speak through me to do something to heal the pain that's in our community right now, in our state and in our nation. And I'm scared about it, but I know what? If I sit on the sidelines and I just don't want to say anything because I'm afraid I'm going to offend you or I'm afraid that you're going to get mad at me. I'm afraid I don't know what to say. Nothing's ever going to get better. So listen, church, what good is the power if it doesn't bring us together? I'm going to ask you this question as I close out. I'm asking you to church, would you help me? So if you're looking at this online right now, I'm looking at everybody in this room. I'm looking at everybody online right now. Church, we call ourselves believers. We say we're spirit-filled. We talk about all this power for all these years. Help me. I cannot do this alone. I can't. I can preach messages I can give you stats. I can share with you stories. I can do all kinds of things that I am trying my best to do. But what I cannot do is I cannot ask the tough questions for you. I can't make the phone call for you. I can't talk to your neighbor for you. I can't bridge a gap for you. Now, if you initiate, I might can help mediate but I cannot initiate the difficult conversations. And I'm just asking you, in spite of everything, as scared as you might be, sweaty palms and all, 
Like, yeah, but what if I say the wrong thing? Listen, I've said the wrong thing. We all are saying the wrong thing. You've got to trust God in the middle of it to say, God, help me say something right. And what I've found is if you just start talking, tension starts to move down a notch. But church, I need your help. We have got to start talking to one another, opening up doors and ask different, difficult conversations. I'm asking you to turn this land of confusion into a land of Pentecost. That's what I'm asking for. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, God, we come to you right now. And, dear Lord, I ask you to do a work in our church, God. God, we yield to you right now our hearts and our, our desires and our agendas and our agreements with everyone else. And, Lord, we ask you right now, as we look to you, Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we need the Trinity right now in a way that I don't know that I have ever needed before. Well, I've always needed, but maybe not acknowledged how badly I need you right now. Now, I believe everybody in this room and everybody watching online, we need you desperately, Jesus. And I'm asking you, Lord, as we come before you and we say, God, God, which side are you on? Lord, that we would hear clearly you say, no, wrong question. And that we would humble ourselves like Joshua, put our face on the rug, and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. If that means I have to let go of a foreign belief, a cultural stigma, a belief in my family, something that I hold so dear, even here in this culture that I live right now, to turn to you in a stronger way, God. I am willing to let go of this kingdom to embrace yours, Lord. I pray that you would help us with that today. And Lord, I pray <clears throat> for each of us, for our church. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, I'm going to pray this, Lord. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to prompt every person in this room, everybody watching online right now. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would convict each one of us with courage, to step out of our comfort zones and have difficult conversations with everybody right now. God, that you would help us break down walls, break down tension, break down fights, and break down arguments. God, but we would use the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, to help, help, help break down these tensions, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus this week, you would just push on us so strongly. The conviction, Lord, to reach out and speak to somebody, even if we don't know them. Help us to have courage, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I pray for those who are watching right now that don't know you. If they don't know you right now, I'm praying today they would yield their hearts to you. The greatest form of humility ever would be just to yield to God right now. And so if you're watching online, you're in this room right now, I'm going to pray a prayer and then... <clears throat> You can pray along with me. You can pray this in some form. I'm just going to pray this prayer. You just agree with this in your heart and pray this out loud in some way. But if you don't know Christ, this is the prayer today to pray. Dear Lord, I come to you and I give you my heart and I give you my soul. I give you everything. Jesus, I turn to you today. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that my ways are not your ways, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of unrighteousness to, to change my heart, Lord. 
Jesus, I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior. Help me to yield to you fully in my life, God. I put aside the old ways, Lord. I ask you to help me to live for you. A new man, a new woman in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray and I give you thanks. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Come on, give my hand, would you, church? <clears throat> online, let them know how much you love them right now. Let them know how much you love them right now. Let online, throw them some hearts, throw them some likes up there. If you need help getting started walking with Christ, listen, online right now, someone's going to let you know how to do that. Connect.cornerstonerome.com. They'll put that in the comment section, whether you're watching YouTube, live stream, or on Facebook. Either one right now, we're going to help you get started walking with Christ. Before we go, we're so excited to be able to come back and worship with you. We're going to be posting some more things online about this as we go forward. Pray for us as we have a number of things to work out this week and next. But as always, before we go, we want to speak this blessing over you and our community and our church right now. Numbers chapter 6 says this, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next time. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.